Hello everyone, welcome to the first episode of Yalla Nehki. Today's episode will be about misogyny in the Middle East. So everyone, introduce yourselves. Hi, my name is Diana. I'm Palestinian. I live in Vancouver, Canada. Hi everyone, my name is Abdurrahman. I'm also Palestinian, but I live in UAE. Hi, my name is Muhammad Aman Siddiqui, and I'm from India, but I live in the UAE. Okay, so misogyny in the Middle East. Where do we start? Where do we begin? The start is the defining it, right? Locker room talk. I've obviously, we're on, you and I, Banna would be like on the outside of that. We don't, we're not part of a locker room talk, so I don't think we'll ever have as much to say. It's just assumptions. But um, what it means, right, is like what guys usually talk about among themselves that they consider like it's just guy talk, it's just locker room talk, and it's usually talk that like degrades or like that, like talks about women negatively, but they kind yeah. of define it as it's okay, it's just the guys talking, it's just the boys talking, right? Yeah. I, I mean, uh, about, yeah. Go on, yeah go sorry, on. I just, yeah, I wanted to say like, being a male in this society and being in these conversations is not particularly partaking just being a listener because it happens everywhere i can see why uh, females or women in general would find it disgusting and i can't deny that it is disgusting in a way that it is um, uh, discriminating against women and talking about people freely behind their backs is a bad thing for uh, firstly and foremost but extending that to talk about them in uh, a disgusting way and especially it's fantasies and ways you are not approaching that person with it's not like you guys have this relationship where you both are that intimate with each other it's just fantasies and yeah this is disgusting really and i don't i know I, I don't think anyone can deny that although it is just talk but talking could escalate somewhere really bad. So I think these talks are breeding grounds for a lot of hate and disrespect against women. Also, it's a breeding ground for having a, a different view on women other than being in our social lives as friends and teachers and family. These talks breed the point of view that they're only for different types of uses. So yeah, I, I yeah. really hate I, those and I really... Yeah, I gotta agree with that. And that's something I can relate to as well, you know. Um, it, it doesn't matter whether or not you've been a part of it, but if you create an environment around you that, you know, doesn't allow that to happen, then that's also enough, you know. If you hear others who are a part of it, reaching out to them or just, you know, not being a silent listener if you do get involved, but actively yeah. calling out, that's also something vital when when you come across locker room talk. But then again, there's also something that we have to be very careful about is that it's a minority that actually speaks up against these issues compared to a majority that, you know, actively partake in it. And that's kind of troublesome because they think they're right. And speaking up against them, it doesn't really create as much of a change as we think it should so i think um there has to be a more a less hostile approach to this like, like we have to try figuring it out figuring out the history of it like their mindset what exactly causes it the psychology behind it and when we approach those 
root problems instead of, you know, binary thinking that this is wrong, you are bad people. I think that's where the real change can come. So that's also something I wanted to add. Yeah, I just want to say, I actually like that point because I think about this a lot, which is kind of unrelated. But the fact that it's like the people with the voice don't really ever speak up about it because it's a guy thing, yeah. right? I mean, I know that girls have the same tendencies to talk about things like usually what locker room locker room talk revolves around is like sexual talk, right? But with yeah. guys specifically, they're not going to see it as wrong or they're always going to try to justify it because it's not seen as something that's wrong. Going off of that point, right, I just like how the thing is guys would never be like, you know what? this is wrong. We need to come together to stop doing this. Because this is unrelated, but I always think about how things like the women's right to vote, like men had the voice, but women had to go out of their way to fight for that. When men all along could have been like, hey, you know what? I don't think it's right that women don't have this right. We should fight for them yeah. since we have the power. Women have to go out of their way. Black people had to go out of their way to fight for their rights. White people with the voice never did that. So I always think about how the fact it's like the people in these situations don't are, are the people that have to go out of their way to do the work while the people yeah. with the voice kind of just like let it happen they have I, the power to act and they have the, the power to actually make the change but they don't i agree i agree they just don't see it many people do not see it as wrong which is like the root of the problem like they just see it as it's just guy talk it's just they won't refer to it as locker room talk but they refer to it as just guy talk it's just guys talking it's just what we talk yeah. about they're boys but when you're like on the receiving end yeah yeah we're guys you know this is what we talk about but when you're on the receiving end of those conversations like i was once and it came back to me and i was like i was talked about like that that's that's disgusting you know yeah i was like i i want to know like i wonder what you said i mean do you have you guys i mean i'd like to touch off on i mean done in front of me personally yes but have i said something explicitly like that not really but i do know some people that do have intimate relationships with others talk about but that's something different i feel because it's done between close groups of people like only their close friends or discussing problems or because at the end of the day some kind of argument to say that you know especially this is between guys that having to describe someone like that or saying that you know you're that close to them that gives the guys some sense of satisfaction or some sense of bragging rights and i feel like uh, other guys who uh, hype them up for it and give them some street credit for that and you know look upon them as the alphas as because they can talk about women like that and imagine that yeah all up into it may, being an issue that's not looked at as wrong but then again that's why i chose to like steer away rather than just like come up and start fighting because that in my opinion won't do much i feel like we all should build the mentality as not to give these people the pleasure they require when they're talking about these things in such a uh, disgusting way. I was not familiar with the term, but after being familiar with the term, it's not locker room talk. It happens in groups on social media that bear up to 20 people. It happens. It happened in my class. It was a class and everyone was having a break and it was more than 30 guys and someone talked and others commented. So... I feel that's the issue. It's not 
a locker room anymore. It's not me grabbing my friend and telling them how how much I find this person attractive. It's evolved into something just showing off and something really bad. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Muhammad, what do you think? Well, personally, I haven't participated in these conversations, but um, that's mostly because I am... I try to keep myself aware of what's going on and I'm also very vocal about it. So if I've ever heard someone, you know, being part of such conversations, I haven't held myself back from, you know, calling them out for it. Obviously not publicly because again, um, although I do agree that you should be vocal and call wrong things out, I'm also not someone who is in favor of cancel culture. So just want to make that clear for everyone who's listening. And I guess I kind of had, you know, a question mark in my friend circle in school about the conversations we had and like, is this locker room talk? Like, is this ethical or is this not ethical? Because, you know, at the end, when you have close friends, you you tell them things, you trust them, you know, there's private information that does go around. But I think it really comes down to one question, you know, when you when you try to question yourself on why you're sharing something, it really brings out, you know, what was the intention behind it? And I think that's what clarified it, that, you know, I'm sharing this with this person because I trust them. And what kind of information is it? Is that information about your significant other information that degrades their value as a human? Is the only thing you talk about uh, is how physically intimate you get? So all of those questions, they kind of help me identify that this isn't unethical talk, you know, it's just between our friend circle and we're sharing information in an ethical manner. So that's the closest experience I've had with it. I just want to add, because you, Banna, you and I have talked about this a lot, actually. So I know you also have a lot of thoughts about this. But when it comes to the intention too, what what the intention is a lot of the times is men trying to prove their, like, like they're like the whole alpha male dominance assertion type of personality to other males. Yeah. It's like a lot of what males do, a lot of it is actually male validation. Cater the male validation. Yeah. It's not really about what they do with the women. It's about, hey, look what I did. I did that. That makes, you know, that they feel like the man. A lot of men do that for that reason. And it's not just specifically locker room talk. So many things that are done that you don't really think about. When you sit down and think about it, really, it's like, everything most of the most of the things that are done are done to to show off that like alpha male dominance type of thing like look at me right like street credit as you said abdurrahman it's it's you know they want to show off what they've done with that girl or how you know how last night went and all that stuff as you said it's not private anymore i can you know text a close friend and tell her how i feel about someone but Again, as Muhammad said, what is, my, what is my intention behind doing that? Is my intention just to update her on the relationship or is my intention to degrade him to upgrade me? You know what I mean? Because as a woman, especially in this culture, you cannot talk about those things publicly. It's a shame. It's, you know, yeah. so many things. You know, I, I don't know how to explain Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's literally it. I mean, if we want to get started on culture, uh, I mean, that's a really interesting perspective to look at it. Uh, I don't think culture is right. It's been there for a lot. We've abided by it and we've enforced it really heavily, unfortunately. At the end of the day, it could be wrong. Like a lot of 
practice things we practice practiced in the along our history and it was wrong this is just one of them uh, because i feel like culture is mostly based on one idea and this is the idea is that i we don't like how should i say this yes uh, it's based on i don't want people to talk about my family or i don't want people to attack my family visually so I, i'm just going to give a small example and that, this is a brief example that i was told my aunts told me other women growing up in the uh, arab cultures was uh, a small religious matter uh, basically you know wearing the hijab uh, now someone might think that their parents would instruct them to do this but along with that that for example instruct them to pray or instruct them to do the other pillars of the religion what they found out was they were only enforced to practice the hijab because that's what society could see of the woman Mm. and it was not just yeah and and so uh, you have someone where he's like enforcing uh, an islamic tradition not a tradition an islamic thing just because it is the only thing the society could see about you and make all the other assumptions although if you prayed or not if you fasted or not if you're a good person if you're a kind-hearted person people won't see that so that's why i feel culture is a bad thing because at the end of the day it's just based off looking with your eyes only without further inspection and making assumptions about people and their upbringing yeah that's true i mean muhammad i know desi culture is very similar to arab culture so would you say that desi women go through the same thing that arab women go through when it comes to this not necessarily the hijab but like you know Yeah, the whole aspect of culture being, you know, imposing certain ideals that are harmful is there. And since we mentioned religion, that that's also something I want to link with this. Um, the culture isn't exactly the same as religion. Like it's it's wired in a way that misinterprets religion, and that's exactly what um, Abdul Rahman said. You know, it seems like it's Islamic, but it's really not. It comes down to culture, and you know, as we were talking about some things that. males it's that are acceptable for males are assumed as not to be acceptable for for females that also does not really have religious context but again it has cultural context so that's mm-hmm. also something very visible in desi culture yeah i agree i agree i think also i think culturally arab women are seen differently whether it's by their parents whether it's by their classmates by their by strangers i think generally they are seen differently i know a friend of mine um she was not allowed to go to another friend's house if boys were there she was not allowed to it was forbidden her brother was allowed to it was seen as it's okay he's a guy nothing's going to happen and they said that it's not because of trust it's not because of anything like that it is simply because she's not a boy yeah. yeah yeah and the culture does not accept her going out the culture does not see it as okay and that is one thing that i think unfortunately our culture has not learned to you know grow out of instead i feel like a lot of them are even are pushing it even further 
It's, yeah, and the thing is, I just want to say, a lot of people confuse religion with culture, which is why a lot of, like, Western people, like, a lot of white people or whatever it is, kind of assume that Islam is oppressive or this is oppressive, it oppresses women, but it doesn't. It's just that a lot of people, a lot of parents oppress their kids in the name of Islam, but not necessarily Islam does it. It's because it's the culture behind it. It's, be, it's behind the, the whole, like like I said, the Arab culture and Arab culture, which is like everything you do. Like I saw this TikTok of this woman going, um, it breeded this thing in me where even if I'm alone in the house and I live on my own now, I don't feel, I don't feel like it's right for me to dress a certain way or if I want to wear shorts in the house, I can't because I grew up with my parents constantly being like, this is, I, I'm laughing too loud. That's, I, I'm, um, not talking enough when there's a family gathering. That's I have. You need to talk more. I'm talking too much. It's like everything. Yeah. They do kind of being criticized. It literally has like a cycle. Then you start to second guess. Start to um, like you start to think twice about everything you want to do, no matter how normal it is. Yeah. As a girl, right? Uh, I've seen uh, many families that uh, could be considered religiously strict but at the end of the day they apply it uh, for both uh, their daughters and their uh, yeah. sons so I don't so again I really feel that it's the uh, problem of parents it's just also the whole thing of um, like even when you do get married it's like women are looked at as like when you get married how are you going to be a good wife if you can't cook you can't clean if you can't do all of these things that women for some reason alone should be taught to do i'm not saying that men are not men know how to do a lot of those things but it's not as like forced down on them as much as it is on women like for men it's like you know you can learn if you want for the sake of your knowledge for the sake of like being interested but like women it's like you have to know how to do this how are you going to be a good housewife how are you going to be a good wife you know um it just kind of like reduces a woman's worth to those little things. And then in an Arab culture, it's like when those parents have kids, it's taught down to that next generation. Like, I don't know about you, but in family gatherings, I don't have them in a minute, but when we would have family gatherings and we all just finished eating and we get up from the table, um, like my mom's very open-minded, but she did once say something like, cause I have two sisters. So she's like, like, you can't, what are you, why, what are you sitting down for? Like, did I, did I raise three daughters for nothing? Like get up and clean, right? Clean up the dishes. And I'm like, it's like everyone gets to sit down and like take their like break after that, like the meals. And it's like, no women get to work, get to the kitchen, wash that, you know, that's your job. Why, why do I have daughters? That's your job. I mean, also, I just want to add one thing in Arab and I think also Desi culture, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Muhammad, but I think that men in a wife look for a mom. They look for a mom in a wife. They want someone to, you know, yeah, mom, you know, cook, clean, all of that stuff for them. I mean, do you, I'm, I'm not, you know, attacking you personally, but from what I've experienced and I've seen a lot of those jokes on TikTok and Twitter and all of that, where he's, a man would say, oh, I really want to eat breakfast right now. If only I had a wife to cook for me. Like you can't cook, it's breakfast. It's the easiest meal of the day. You're, you're relying on a woman to do that for you. What do you guys think? Feel free. Yeah, I've heard that pretty commonly as well, you know, 
you know, when you look for a wife, you're supposed to look for a wife, someone who compliments you and not a maid rather. So that that's also pretty prevalent in Desi culture. Yes. And again, you know, it's, it's something that's coming down because of how culture is passed and it really shouldn't be like that. Even in religion, it's not like that, but somehow in reality, that is how it comes off. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, when it comes to my uh, personal opinion, uh, first and foremost, I don't, I think all of this is happening because of not society, but life in general, like life in general back in the days was really straightforward. The man goes and gets the money and the woman stays in the home and raises kids. Now, in my personal opinion, and this is just being said out there, I don't feel that anything's wrong with this model in a sense that both the man and the woman have some valuable task to do. Now, I'm not saying that if the man and the woman chose to, for example, reverse roles or both partake in bringing the money, I I don't feel that that's the problem. All I'm saying is that society said that, okay, no, the man goes and works and the woman raises the children. This is the norm. Anything other than that could spark trouble with close-minded people. Uh, That's the problem. The problem is that people that lived their whole lives in a certain way simply got used to it and they see, and you can't tell them that there's something wrong with it. Uh, If a close relatives of yours just locked in a home, just cooking and raising children. And when they were your age, they can't imagine that you could take a different path in life. They're not saying because I support them. I just feel like sometimes we should give these people a break and just focus on what we're doing. Uh, because at the end of the day, if we're just going to keep arguing with those mentalities, nothing's going to change. What, what we can change is do whatever we want and make that the norm. That the, the norm is there's no norm. Whatever you feel like doing, you could do. Yeah. Uh, stay home dads have been a thing. And I it's still the same way. They get shunned upon. They're like, how are you staying in the house? How's the woman working? Again, there is nothing wrong with it. But it's just that it's not normal. And if it's not normal, it's just going to get a lot of hate and a lot of movements to suppress it. But at the end of the day, there's no wrong in situations. It's just what, what was the norm and how could we change it? I understand what you mean. And I, I agree with you. I agree that you yeah, know, a woman does want to stay at home and be a housewife. She should feel free to do so and she should have the, you know, the right tools that help her do so and the right and the support to help her do that too but also as you said i think she should also have the right to choose that oh you know what no i want to go to work and same goes to the man you know and i think the problem in arab culture is that women don't really have that option yeah it's just the fact that sorry i just want to say that women have more of a pressure like this pressure to maintain reputation men don't as much it's just like a very basic example, but honestly, if you think about Muslim men and women, if a Muslim man 
has sex and the family knows about this, they're not as worried. I mean, obviously it's still very taboo, like you're a Muslim man, but it's not as like big of a deal to many families and parents as it would be if their daughter did that. Like now the daughter did that, you brought shame on our family, what are people gonna think, our reputation. There's way more pressure on the woman than there is on the man because of your reputation and your family's reputation and what are people gonna think about us? Uh, I would like to uh, object in a way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so about that, of course, um, biologically speaking, it's easier for the man to hide it and it's biologically impossible to tell if they had anything to do with that. While with the woman, it's actually very defiant, so on and so forth. I feel that plays a major, major role, or, although it's for the wrong. Uh, I feel that whomever does not equate between men and women when it comes to specifically Islamic, how should I say this, Islamic laws, I feel the fault is in them. I don't feel a man should get a break for doing that if a woman did it too. If they both did it, of course, the woman, well, biologically speaking, it's worse for her. It's easily, you know, they could inspect that at a medical center or something and they could confirm it and doctors could get on this. But for a man, no one could do that. But that does not stop us as a family or as a society to shun them both. Because at the end of the day, what they did was, in a sense, inexcusable. And it had nothing to do with what your gender is. If a family, for example, let's say a brother and a sister, both committed adultery, for example. Well, of course, the sisters get, you know, more, more hassle for it. But that does not mean the... Uh, that's because she's a woman. That means, in my opinion, and I think you could agree, because the family are not well aware of the religion. They're not well aware of how things work. And this brings me back to the hijab and praying thing. It's like, if she prays or not, no one could tell. But if they see her out walking on the street without a hijab, that's the problem. That's where the talk starts. Again, here, a man, no one could know. A woman, it's easily known. So what they could see, they yeah, sorry, the families prioritize what could what people could see and perceive about them, and that's the problem. So I just feel that this point specifically shouldn't be brought up in an argument because it it's one hundred percent the family's fault or the community's fault. Yeah. yeah, that's all I had to say. I find that really interesting that you're giving it that perspective because this reminds me on one of the other conversations I've had with someone I've talked to before and I don't really know which region this originates from, I don't remember, but I think it was about when a woman has sex for the first time, there's some amount of bleeding and this person told me that in a lot of families, one gets married and they do it for the first time. They they put a towel on the bed to find out if she bleeds or not. And if she doesn't, it means she's done it before. And that's where the problem starts afterwards. So I think that does make sense, you know, whether or not it is something that can be found out. But again, just re, re, reaffirming that it's it does not stem from religion because when we talk about the sin of premarital sex in Islam, it's not like, these are the major sins for women and these are major sins for men. These are major sins. 
and that's also something that a lot of people fail to realize but again as abdul rahman said we are focusing on what people see instead of what we should actually be focusing on and that is a major realignment that we need yeah agreed diana what do you think i can i feel like you want to say something <laughs> And I just think about this, that I'm like, I know this is actually very much more talked about now, which is great. But in culture too, I'm going I'm to tie this to culture more than religion, because I think it's more of a cultural thing. Um, a lot of, I don't know, this actually to be done in some cultures. They have the, like, let's say you're married, it's your wedding night. After, after you, let's say, had sex, the, the mother of the husband usually inspects the bed sheets it's like give them to me i need to see i don't know if it's still a practice that's done like they would really okay and give me the bed sheets the thing is right that i don't know if it's very known but it's a thing that's being talked about a, a, a lot about a lot more now is that it's not even very indicative anymore because one women can tear their hymen by riding a bike by riding a horse by um using tampons right and bleeding doesn't always happen with all women too. If anything, this is actually the truth too, is that if a woman, if a woman does bleed, right, if I'm going really deep into it, she wasn't stimulated enough. So it was painful for her. So it's still a subject of a lot of gray area because it's still not very understood. But the thing about it is that it's not always an indicator because it's assumed that it is like, oh, she didn't bleed or oh, the timing's broken. But it can easily have been broken since she was a kid by riding bikes, riding horses, doing anything else that was like a normal act. Yeah. So like people think that you can see, it's that part of it that's like, that's not true though. Now you're just making assumptions, you know? I do think that we have a lot of issues in the culture. I do think so. I think also a lot, I think it's not just, I think it's Arab culture mixed, mixed in with trends. For example, the trend of being a simp something I do not understand. You're kind, you're, you know, nice to a woman, oh, you're a simp. I think that's culture and trends. I think the word simp has been used far too much to excuse shitty behavior. Oh, I'm not gonna do that, I'm, I'm not gonna be a simp. There was, there is, I have from my personal experience, there is a guy who is very, very, you know, caring and he would stand up for me when other guys would say anything against me. He would instantly be called a simp, instantly. And I just don't understand, like, is being a decent human being now being a simp? I mean, what do you guys, what do you, you know, the boys in this call, what do you guys think of the word simp? Well, surprisingly, my first, you know, the first few times I came across the word, for a really long period of time, I saw it being used in the actual context of the, how the word means. So that's come up. It was like when you're being stupid for someone. So like, um, let's take this case, for example. Um, a dude's girlfriend wants to go out in an open relationship, regardless of whether or not the boy agrees. And because the guy wants to save his relationship, he's going to conform and stay silent and let that happen. That's the context in which I saw simp being used first. And I think that's that's appropriate. Like that is him yeah. kind of being silly by not talking about it. For a long period of time, that's how I came across it. But then later on, eventually I started seeing it being used in the way you said it. And that's exactly the question that comes like, wait, 
I used to think of this as kind of like a meme or like, you know, people used to refer to bizarre situations with this word and it was kind of funny, you know, behind a screen, but now it's being used in a very problematic Yeah, I don't think the way is to indicate that a man is a simp because he's simply standing up for someone that's incorrect usage, you know, it's, it's, it refers to silly behavior, like the first example and not just because you're standing up for the other gender, that's creating a very harmful dichotomy. And that's, you know, something that we're supposed to highlight and continue speaking about, even if it means that we're going to be called a simp, that's completely all right. It's a compromise I'm willing to take. Yeah. Even with husbands and wives, by the way, like I saw a video um, where a man in the snow, right, he was shuffling his feet like horizontally to try to clear up the snow while his wife walked behind him. So he's clearing up the snow for her so that she wouldn't have to trudge through it. And it's like the, the, the account that posted it was like, what do you think, guys? Is this simp behavior? And a lot of times, which I'm glad, were like, how is this simp behavior? She's his wife. You, what? What? But the fact that it's, it can even be used in that context, like it was used so much in context where it doesn't make sense where it's like it's his girlfriend it's his wife what do you expect him to do but they just throw it around on anything now like what is a man supposed to not be nice or romantic to his wife or girlfriend so that he doesn't in fear of being called a simp is he supposed to be cold is he supposed to be hostile with his girlfriend or his wife like he married her for that reason to cater to her and to like care for her and to go out of his way to do things for her just as a woman would I feel that this word was annoying for a period of time, but I don't really think it is as much as a problem, in my opinion, right now, because at the end of the day, it's just a word that gets brushed off and it's excessive overuse in a period of time made it relevant, in my opinion. However, I want to um, ask about something. I want to ask about, in general, what do you guys think about um, feminism are you asking us because about- I do a point that I've written yeah because at the end of the day I can discuss with you so I will go with you people first and then I'd lay it upon you and we can talk because I feel for the entirety of this podcast we were all going together and now I think it's the time to draw our lines and see our differences. Okay. Well, well that's a um, good question go. going on there. But yeah. before I answer that, um, I do want to, you know, comment on the usage of the word simp as well. So it's kind of like every other word. It has a solid meaning, but gets misused, misused every now and then. So which brings me back to something about binary thinking before. I do not agree on anything that goes around. Do not use the word simp. Or when I come across posts that say, here's why the word simp is problematic. I don't agree with it. Certain uses are problematic, but we can't really label as this word is bad. Please don't use it. It really depends when it's used, why it's used and with who it's used. So that's also an important distinction. And as for feminism, in in a nutshell, it's, it's equality, fair treatment and judging by values and not by gender. Yeah, can I say, I just want to say that, if anything, I hate how the word became so stigmatized and how it's really like, oh, you're a feminist, huh? Like, they use it with such a negative connotation. Yeah. It shouldn't have a negative connotation. Like, yes, I believe in the right to equality and women's rights. 
why is that wrong? Like, am I supposed to? And or it's the worst thing. <clears throat> it's the worst thing when you see a woman do it too. When she takes part in that, oh, you're a feminist. You don't. You don't want women rights for yourself? Are you joking? Like, that's that's what people mean when they're like, that's pick me behavior. Like you, you're trying to cater to men and be like, yeah, I'm with, I'm like the guys, I'm with the boys. I think yeah, it's yeah. feminism. What is that? Yeah, but you're arguing against your own rights. Why? You know, I kind of want to bring in psychology for this one, but it reminds me of this thing called perception bias, where you kind of mistake an entire picture based on only things that you see recently. And I have a feeling a lot of people who don't like to be associated with the word feminism, it's because they've been exposed too much to misandry in the name of feminism and they end up thinking that this is feminism. They don't really know what it exactly is. They haven't researched on what the authentic movement is, which leads them to mislabeling one thing for another. So I wouldn't exactly say it's entirely their fault. Again, I'm trying to understand where they come from. So that's an important thing we need to highlight as well. And it's kind of there with every other movement as well. So when protests take place and even with LGBTQ, people take the minority, the, the misled, the black sheep, and they make it as if it was the whole movement. Same reason why Islamophobia or any other religious stereotypes exist. It's a minority case taken to be generalized, overgeneralized, and that's that's a problem. See, now, my opinion, I am a feminist, yeah, and I will say that proudly, you know. Um, do I agree with everything that some feminists do? No. Why? Because I think modern feminism, modern feminism, they do not really tend to go for equality. Because, you know, I do think the way feminism started, yes, was just equality. You know, women want to have the same rights, same opportunities, same chances, same everything as men. Now, as you said, it's become more of women should be superior. And I have seen that sometimes, not all the time, but I have seen it sometimes. So sometimes I do think like, oh, this is, this is you know, going astray. This is not feminism. And I think that's why, as Diana said, that's why a lot of people are like, oh, ew, you're a feminist? Okay, well, uh, first of all, I would like to say that, uh, you know, your opinions are interesting to say the least. It's not what's expected from a generic woman, to say the least, that, you know, like, uh, you know, my problem with feminism, it's, it's one problem. It's just that for me, as because you also said it, and that's what, uh, caught my attention it's it's not advocating for what it used to so uh if you if you don't mind i would like to display my own opinion to say that i don't think that only women should be feminists in my opinion even men should be feminists my opinion if you're saying if i'm introduced to feminism as all uh, women should have better rights better health and better everything in this society um sign me up i'm the biggest feminist here but unfortunately what's going on and what's being in the spread especially in the social media because it's a lot of these teenage girls that uh mistake feminism for just hate towards men and just having a lot of troubled emotions and displaying them 
with hate for men and labeling it under feminism or activism, here's where we have our problems. Uh, if you don't mind, just give you a small rundown of feminism and what has happened. Right, Unfortunately, it's not focused on the Arab. It's not focused on the Arab world, but we can learn something from them. So you know, in 1999, uh, women started fighting for the right to vote, and they got it, which is good, you know, because uh, women made half of the United States. So not to include those in a political aspect. Uh, would have changed a lot. So that's a really good point. Uh, in the 1960s to 70s, uh, a lot of protests were made and then there was a lot of laws changed for healthcare and um, where women were more equal in colleges and homes where they had more rights to protect them and so on and so forth. That's also good because people started thinking that, okay, we might have robbed women from something that they deserved or that yeah. they wanted and they should have gotten a really long time ago until now it's really good and everyone was like looking down okay how did we do that to women how did we not give them the right to vote how did we give, not give them the right for that yeah. but what what's like personally agitating me is what's happening right now because and from in these periods I mentioned, what women wanted for and what they got was political equality, professional equality, legal equality, where it is a metric thing you could gauge and you could judge. But the problem comes when social equality starts being asked for. For example, in the modern age, a lot of demands labeled under the feminism were simply absurd. I, I, I read an article and it's laughable. It was a feminist talking about why serials have only male mascots. <laughs> and okay. they, yeah, I'm, I'm saying, although you might look at, okay, this is one in a million, but then again, that's what an advocate looks like. One of them, not all of them. Or, and I also read once about how a college's mascot looks intimidating and that somehow was misogynist in some way. Again, that's not what to, I'm not trying to do a minority case. I'm just see, saying that what I'm seeing is that the uh, woman feminism story is shifting towards a more non-gageable, non-metric value and here, where does the problem start? Because now we're having problems. Okay, wait, what are you saying? How could you gauge, for example, if a woman is treated socially equally or not? You know, so I just wanted to shed light upon this view that modern feminism right now is a little bit absurd in a sense that they're asking for something ungageable, something non-measurable. And yet they have made a lot of improvements in departments where I personally feel there are even more improvements. That, sorry, there is more room for improvements to be made. Yeah. So I, so I would like to know what do you think about what I told you or what I displayed? I have a question. Um, yes. What do you mean by, I'm sorry, I don't remember exactly. I think it was social, um, social equality. Social equality, yes. What do you mean by social equality? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean by social equality that how, as we talked about, like how women should be looked at 
as manners looked at like they could be for example the uh, source of income or how they could be the for example the top leader or how they could be the decision taker or how they could be now i'm not saying that this is not happening and not it is happening some in some places it's fine but what i'm saying is that just asking for social equality as in a sense that it's not measurable like of course it the right to have social equality but the criteria or what they're trying to do has created a lot of problems in a sense that there's no gauging like for example the right to vote women are not allowed to vote next year they're allowed to vote now it's done we can move on but in these senses where women have in my opinion some of them t- have taken it too far to include to include feminism about anything that hurts their emotions now we're starting to have problems because where do you put social equality how do you gauge it how do you measure it wow so i really want to expand on two of the things you said so first of all the article you read the bizarre article so it really you know it talks to me about how media works you know it's it's more about striking a balance between the social cause and what gets more clicks because after all it is a commercial industry and you know maybe those articles i again this is not research so i just want to make it clear this rather than something that i'm sure of is you know when someone writes a really bizarre article it doesn't necessarily mean that they strongly believe in it or they want to advocate for it but it could also mean that it's going to drive clicks because people are going to be interested in this subject like i remember once i i saw this post about how bowling is probably racist because the pins are white and the ball i don't agree with it but i still clicked on that article because it sounded funny to read but, and that still drives revenue to whoever posted it so that could be one of the things that leads media to off to blow up bizarre articles in contrast to the real cause and since you mentioned teenagers on instagram it also reminds me a lot about how i think you know teenagers they aren't ex- because it's kind of easy to do and they aren't the best at controlling their emotions for the most part from what i've seen and that leads that leads them to reposting everything without you know knowing much about it and given that i have i've had the chance to speak to and hear some like actual feminists who work in industries like environmental sustainability and you know from china and everything and i've never come across even one of them who resembled anything like i've seen on teenage social media like they don't they don't have any of the um you know all men are trash ideologies they have a commitment a plan of action a, a, a set of beliefs and like a way to tackle people and they have you know their life is genuinely about it and there's a lot of research that goes behind it they aren't the kind of people who you know say that all men are trash and when confronted about it argue with you know i'm just venting my emotions so you know actual feminists they have a proper plan and they know what they're doing in contrast to teenagers and i don't think it's entirely right to claim that you are not a feminine social media but again i know that's not what you said and i agree with your point of view and that was exactly what i said in the beginning there's a majority and a minority and people often confuse the two so we're pretty much on the same boat can i ask you guys a question 
it's mainly targeted, you know, at you, the boys. Um, what do you guys think of kill all men? Uh, okay, so for me personally, <laughs> I just, you know, whenever it happens, I, for me as a person, as my personality, I, I really don't care. Uh, it's just something on the internet I see. And for me, the internet is a medium where you're going to see a lot of stuff you don't like. That's for a fact. You're going to go there. You're going to see a lot of stuff that won't make happen. The problem is when, I, when it's, for example, posted by a close friend. And I say, like, what's up with that? Because I, 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 I'm not the type that researches the stuff. And they're like, oh, well, if you can't take it or it hurts your feelings, you're not a man. And, and now we get to the problem. Like, how do you say that just saying that you want to kill all men and then telling me if I can't deal with it, basically, I'm not a man. Now, was this just a one person thing? No, because once a lot of close friends have replied in a similar way or in a similar environment of a reply. And a lot of, you know, TikToks and videos on Instagram advocated for the same thing. They're like, oh, men do this and that and this and that. But when we say kill all men, they get mad. I, I can't see the relation. <laughs> I don't know how just advocating for killing all men, which is an unrealistic thing. It's just like, for example, I know this is unrelated, all cops are bad. I know that a lot of cops have oppressed a lot of people, but we can't generalize. And then we can't tell cops that they have to bear this burden just because they're cops. So yeah, that's my uh, point. I just don't feel it's a realistic thing to advocate for. It's not a real slogan. It's just child's play and that's messing with a lot of people's emotions unnecessarily. Yeah. So to answer that it messes with people's emotions. And as I said before, it really comes down to teens doing the easiest thing, which is, you know, hopping on the bandwagon. And secondly, it it's not productive. And I try to, I see everything I'm doing. I want to think long-term, like when I see kill all men, where is this leading us? What is it going to cause? I, I don't see a future with it. And, you know, this, this other thing that, if a lot more energy was spent on coming up with an actual plan and doing other things, instead of engaging in discourse about whether we should use kill all men or not, there would be a lot more achieved because see, we're having this discourse on kill all men, but when people actually are out there talking about it, they're not really gaining anything. There is nothing, there's no progress made for feminism when that conversation takes place. But then again, from, from the conversation I've had with a lot of people who've used this term, the most common reasoning was, I'm just venting out my anger. So that's one of the reasons I don't respond to it anymore because, okay, it's coming from their emotions. And if I use logic on emotions, they'll get even more mad at me. So that's one of the reasons I ignore it. It's because I acknowledge that most people who use it, they're not exactly doing it for the social cause. They're just angry and they're venting. Probably not everyone, but on the basis of what I've heard, from most women who've used this term, that's the conclusion I can make. But I also, I don't stand with boys who go against the statement 
as their only thing in gender equality so for a guy to say to stay silent for an entire year never advocate for any social cause but start talking the moment he hears kill all men or start talking for men's rights the moment someone says something that is potentially harmful to him that is also something i disagree with you know you can't just come up only when you only when you feel threatened it's Mm, yeah there has to be a lot of other things that have to go it for that to be a fair defense on your part um i okay i agree with many things that you guys have stated and i also disagree with some things um i do think that kill all men that phrase is not and you know it's not meant for progress Yes, it is. I do think it's useless, honestly, because it's like, what is, there is no goal behind it. As you said, I do think it does come from emotions. Emotions do control it. I think most of the time when girls say kill all men, it comes from, you know, for example, it said, let's say under a Instagram post sexualizing a woman or under, an, under a TikTok where a girl is talking about a bad experience with a man then the comments will be kill all men or something along those lines. So yes, I do think that it's not made for progress. But I also think that for, as you said, for a man to, for a silent man, who's usually very silent about issues like this, to suddenly talk about it, I do think that that is one of the issues because also it should not be taken. I, I don't think this phrase should be taken literally, you know? This phrase is not literally, let us go kill every man. I love men, you know, I love men. I do not want to kill men. But the phrase does come from a, from a, a place of, of, of emotions, a place of anger, a place of, for example, in the culture, misogyny, like why are we treated differently? Kill all men, not literally kill all men. You know what I mean? Diana. Yeah, like it's it sort of goes back to for me at least it goes back to the the men are trash ideology where it's like going back to what um Hamid said is that, that they're only ever they only ever speak up when they're like why why are men trash why you think all men are trash and that's the thing that women try so hard to constantly reiterate that it's like you would know it's not talking about you if you weren't that man you know we don't say all you know it's just that People like men are trash. Oh, you think all of us are, huh? If you know that you don't fit into that category of men that we're talking about, the men that sexualize women, the men that make cat calls at women that they see walking down the street, the men, those men, if you know that you're not one of them and that you're a good guy who has women's best interests at heart, a line like that wouldn't phase you. It's like Black Lives Matter and people going, you don't think all lives matter? It's not what we're arguing here. You know, we're, we're trying to advocate for a certain group here. We're if you, it's the same thing. Yeah, it's just, it's like with all, Men are trash. To assume that it's like you think all of us are disgusting. No, we're talking about a very specific type of man who does these acts. And if you feel personally victimized by that statement, so many girls constantly say they're like, you probably fit in that category, right? So that's one thing that men usually tend to speak up. A lot of them do actually advocate, right? But a lot of men only do speak up when they hear those phrases because they're like, whoa, I feel attacked by this. Now is my time to step in. But anything else that a woman tries to speak about for her own rights, they're just like, mm, I don't have anything to do with this. It's not my responsibility. They only get involved when they feel attacked. But the thing is, they shouldn't even feel attacked 
if they don't fit that specific category. Yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. And you know, among other things that I've heard in wider statements, used, I've, I've received countless number of analogies, like, you know, bowl of Skittles, some of them are poison, but you'd still avoid all of them because you don't know which of them are poison. And like, I get, I get why it's used, but again, because I like to think of the bigger picture and the entire again, I'm going to bring in psychology in this, but when you, it's, it's a very, it's a negative statement and it's, it's an offensive statement in the style that it's going to hit many people. And for making progress, a lot of the times more important than the content that is being delivered is the way it is being delivered. And so that's another reason that I don't, I discourage the use of phrases like these, because if you want to get into productive discourse with someone, you're going to have to use an approach that makes them want to have that discourse. If you're going to start off offensive, then you're, you've kind of, you've, demolished all chances of having a productive conversation like even when i'm going through social media i don't want to see things that that sound aggressive because social media things i want to do some and if i see a story that starts with all men are trash i'm swiping because that i'm not in a mood to take something aggressive at that moment but if it started as something different i'm not saying that i expect social causes to start off as calm because I understand that's that's not a realistic expectation. But if the only thing, if the only way someone has to start discussing a social cause is aggressively, then realistically speaking, the progress on that is going to be hindered than if they had a mix of approaches in how they had that discussion. So that's also something I want to highlight over here. Yeah. I do agree. I don't think, you know, I, I, I think if you start aggressive, there will be no outcome. There will be no, there, there will be an outcome, but it won't be a good outcome, you know? But also, as I said, I think people who take it too literally, I think there's also an issue there because I think people who take it too literally fail to understand why it is being said. So just the last question to wrap everything up, um, I just want to ask, you know, tying it back to culture. We were talking about misogyny in Arab culture um, or the Middle East in general. Is it the culture's fault or would you blame the man? <laughs> Silence. What would you do? <laughs> No, I, I just would like to know, what do you mean by the man? Do you mean like the family? Uh, for example, men. like the, the men that are in your lives, like your Yeah, brother. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the problem with culture is, although people think it's really ancient and it's really sacred, we, we get to know that it changes rapidly sometimes. And it just changes whether how people want it to change. Uh, I don't feel like if we blame culture, if we blame an abstract concept, we're going to get anywhere. I think uh, people should be held responsible. I should, the, the society should look at someone. Uh, for example, let's say there's this guy who lets his son hang out until midnight and his daughter should be back before the sun goes down. Now that's an extreme case of misogyny, for example. I don't feel 
if people just kept talking about it as an oh you know this is the tradition this is the tradition this is how we grew up instead of putting him accountable for his actions and putting him accountable for his discrimination we're not going to get anywhere i'm just going to keep going on and on and on and no one can blame who, whom could we blame for the culture we're going to blame our dead parents and grandparents we're going to blame civilizations that have ceased to exist by now so i do feel we have to blame certain people and blame those who are doing it in an extreme manner and only then will we get some sensible results okay i agree with you in some in some areas hamad what do you think i know desi culture again very similar to arab culture yeah again pretty much the same thing you know um again um the history of culture is not something i have too much research in so i'm not going to beat it on the bush in that field but that is also still something we're supposed to recognize because it's something people hold close to them so you know just waking up one day and telling someone that what they're doing is wrong again it's not going to come off very friendly and they're going to be unlikely to change so further research in examining history examining their culture why things are the way they are and you know why they should be changing the greater good and making them more receptive to that change and if they're tying it with you know religion and stuff examining what religion really has to say about it at what point did they deviate from religion and turn it into culture in the name of religion so all of these questions they need answers when we we blame someone on said and everything else was already stated yeah Diana, do you have any final words to add? Uh, I just think that the culture isn't independent of the man. Like, yes, the culture breeds the man and that ideology and the way that they think and the way that women should do this and women should do that. Culture gives rise to those things, but I feel like it's still on the man to unlearn those things. You know, like we all have that responsibility because there are so many things that I'm. so many things that growing up in an arab household or a muslim household you learn that when you grow up you're like that's not right at all that's like very wrong actually and it's up to you to unlearn those things like you can't always just be like you can't blame it on ignorance because at that point it's willful ignorance you're not willing to learn you're not willing to expand your perspective so yeah although culture may breed those things i think that we still have responsibilities or a man so has a responsibility to be like hey you know what i'm going to unlearn all of these misogynistic tendencies cuz i want to do better I feel that there's still that responsibility that lies within the, the individual yeah i yeah i think the same i think that there comes a point in your life where about anything any thing that is you know occurring in the world i think there comes a point in your life where you have to learn slash unlearn things and it's your responsibility you cannot blame the world you cannot blame the culture you cannot at some point you can't blame your parents it's all your own your decision you are you you know so to to wrap everything up um it was really nice having you guys this is the first first episode so some more guys for the first episode and i hope you guys enjoyed this talk as much as i did and yeah yeah uh, thank you for yeah thank you for having us thank you uh, for ha- giving us a you know chance to talk and work out our differences and see how 
each how different people look at life from different perspectives. And it was an honor to meet all of you. Thank Same you. here. Here. Yeah. Likewise, it was lovely speaking to all of you and to the listeners. I hope you all enjoyed as well. Yeah, me too. <laughs>